no haiku tonight. I just decided to talk. I didn't want to think too much. We're going to have a Hunter Biden update. We're also going to talk about Twitter and Facebook and Google and how evil those places are. And then let's talk about something interesting. How about the top tax rates with Biden's tax plan? This is Gene, and you're listening to Dumbasses Talking Politics. Hey, hey, this is Gene, and you're listening to Dumbasses Talking Politics. Okay, so we had a report, the last report on Hunter Biden's laptop, and we've got some new information, and here's what we know. The laptop is real. The FBI does have it. Hunter Biden himself did drop the laptop off. His signature is on a receipt, and it has been confirmed. Now, that's a big deal, because the guy who actually collected the laptop is blind and couldn't actually identify Hunter Biden. But now we have a signature. It's a done deal. An attorney for Hunter Biden asked to get the laptop back from the laptop repair store after it was already turned in. So in other words, hey, um, yeah, no, he screwed up. Could we get the laptop back? The repair store said, um, no, you can't. You didn't pay for anything. It's not a thing. The laptop is being reviewed by a pedophile investigator for the FBI. I told you this was a rumor yesterday. Apparently, it's a little bit more than a rumor. So, that's it. The DNI chief, John Ratcliffe, DNI, Department of National um, Security, released information that there were no Russian disinformation because the media had not, uh, because the media, not because there was Russian disinformation, because the media was accusing that this laptop was Russian disinformation. So I didn't know this at the time. Um, apparently the media is sitting back and screaming that, oh, Russian disinformation, that's why this laptop's out there. Yeah, uh, DNI chief, director of national intelligence, excuse me, said, no, this is not, this is not, Russian disinformation. These are actually legitimate emails. So that's all we know now. Um, Bannon, Steve Bannon, and uh, Rudy Giuliani, who I am not a big fan of, basically said that there's going to be more to come and it's going to come before the debate, which is, by the way, as of this recording, day after tomorrow. So today is Tuesday night. Um, that stuff's going to come back on Thursday. So I'm not exactly sure what's going to come out, if anything. Today, nothing came out that was new, except that the laptop was real and everything is there and the emails are legit and that's it. So the other thing, there's going to be a lot more to come on this story. But one of the things to remember is Joe Biden on Monday declared he's going to have a lid, which means he's not going to come out and talk to people until the debate on Thursday. Um, By the way, Joe Biden has not dismissed any of this stuff. 
He has not said, it's all a lie, it's all BS. He has not said anything like that. But now he refuses to answer questions because every time he comes out and talks, someone asks him a question about this laptop. This is a big freaking deal. So here's here. there's going to be a lot more to come. Um, this story is big. It, it's just how big can it get before the election? Um, we've already had two to three million voters vote already. So it came a little late. Why the FBI held this crap since December of 2019? I don't know. Yeah, I do know. It's because the FBI is corrupted. They're part of that deep state conspiracy theory that a lot of people talk about and I don't like to talk about. But the fact of the matter is Biden doesn't want to talk about it. And the fact is Trump, every question he should ask on the debate on Thursday is, okay, talk to me about this laptop. Tell me if this is unreal. And by the way, do you condemn Antifa? Because you know with this broad that's actually do moderating debate, you know this broad is going to sit there and ask Donald Trump if he just dismisses white supremacy and the KKK. You know that's going to happen. I'd like to hear Joe Biden dismiss Black Lives Matter group. Not that Black Lives don't matter. They do. But the group, and as a terrorist group, and Antifa which is an actual group, it's not an idea, I would like to hear Joe Biden dismiss those folks. So it's going to be a very interesting debate. They have changed the rules of the debate. They've actually said that um, the mics will be muted if it's not your time to talk. I think this works in Donald Trump's favor. And the reason is Donald Trump needs to let Joe Biden talk. Because Joe Biden's an idiot. Joe Biden is, I don't know, he's got some sort of disabilities and things like that. And Joe Biden's policies suck ass. So let Joe Biden talk. And if they have to mute Donald Trump's microphone, that's great. This is one of the problems with Joe, uh, with Donald Trump going out there and doing two to three, uh, doing one to two uh, rallies a day, the media focuses on what Donald Trump says. Where the media should be focusing is on what Joe Biden is saying. So that's that's a thing, and I'm just really tired of hearing it. So that's a huge story, um, and he's going to have a lot to answer for, and he's too scared to answer it. His Campaign is too hard, is too scared to let him answer it. But that, believe it or not, not the biggest story. Twitter and Facebook might be in some trouble. Last week, when the New York Post released the article about Hunter Biden's laptop, Twitter decided to block the article. Then, as the link started to be passed around, either through tweet or direct message, which is I'm going to refer to as a DM, Twitter made sure that the link was inaccessible, but the tweet was still making its rounds. Finally, Twitter went out and started suspending accounts. That included the Trump campaign's account and the Twitter account 
of the communications director, Kaylee McEnany. Needless to say, this has been blown up on Twitter from the right-wing tweeters and from the Republicans in Congress and the president. I don't blame him. He is Twitter's grandest uh, tweeter. Jack Dorsey, the CEO of Twitter, said, once again, it was a mistake. In a tweet conversation between Jack Dorsey and Vanja Gade, which is a, um, which is a, uh, who, who's a legal consultant. Let's, let's look at the tweets. So first off, let's go with Vanjay Gade. She tweeted, <clears throat> we believe that labeling tweets and empowering people to assess content for themselves better serves the public interest in public conversation. The hacked material policy is being updated to reflect these new enforcement capabilities. Then Jack Dorsey responds to that tweet, straight blocking of URLs was wrong. We updated our policy and enforcement to fix. Our goal is to attempt to add context, and now we have the capabilities to do that. All right, all right. <laughs> there are a couple of problems here. First off, they allowed links from Trump's tax records to be accessible, even though Trump has said they weren't real, they weren't his, or they were incomplete. I can't remember which he did. I think they were not real. Um, Trump's tax records, if they were real, were illegally disseminated. It's illegal to send out attack records to someone else. Twitter didn't have a problem with that. They didn't care about that. Which is the wor which is technically worse than hacking because this is a crime. Hunter Bi the other thing, Hunter Biden's emails weren't hacked. It is real. We have a signed receipt from Hunter. No one has denied the emails are real, including the Biden campaign or Biden himself. With all this being said, the New York Post Twitter account is still suspended. It's been over a week. It's still suspended. So they haven't changed something there. And the New York Post, I know you hear everyone, it's called a rag or it's called a, uh, what do they call it? Uh, you know, one of those um, uh, tabloids. It's not. It's been a legitimate paper for, for decades now. So probably close to 100 years. It's been a legitimate newspaper. So that's not true. It is just as legitimate as the New York Times and the Washington Post and the L.A. Times, which, by the way, slant to the left, and that doesn't seem to be any problem there. Um, you still, to this day, cannot pass the link. They're just lying. This is straight censorship. I do want to point out all the mistakes Twitter makes, and everyone makes mistakes, go only in one direction. It's always the right that gets censored by accident. It's always, always by accident. Uh, so it doesn't look like it doesn't look like censorship. It does look like censorship, and I think Jack Dorsey is just flat out lying about it. Now we said this was going to happen. That folks like Twitter and um, Facebook and Google, and YouTube, they were going to go off. Instagram, all of them, they were going to go off. This election got close, and now they're getting really bad. So the president said he wants a review of U.S. Code 47, Section 230. The Senate agrees. 
the first thing we should do is take a look at section 230 and actually see what it says and where it actually came from. This is from EFF.org, and there's a link to the entire law. Uh, I'm going to quote only the first couple of paragraphs of the article. Tucked inside the Communications Decency Act, CDA, of 1996 is one of the most valuable tools for protecting freedom of expression and innovation on the, the Internet, Section 230. This comes somewhat as a surprise since the original purpose of the legislation was to restrict free speech on the Internet. The Internet community as a whole objected strongly to the Communications Decency Act, and with EFF's help, the anti-free speech provisions were struck down by the Supreme Court. But thankfully, CDA 230 remains, and in the years since, has far outshone the rest of the law. Section 230 says that, quote, no provider or user of an interactive computer service shall be treated as a publisher or speaker of any information provided by the information contact pro content provider. End quote. That's from Section 230. So what they're trying to say is they're trying to define a platform versus a publisher. A publisher is when there is a company sponsored, when company sponsored individuals provides content. He and the company is responsible for that content because that content is reviewed, that content is, it is uh, reviewed and edited. They are subject, publishers are subjected to slander laws. These, a publisher would be the New York Times, the LA Times, CNN would be considered a publisher, um, MSNBC, Fox News, Washington Post, all these would be considered publishers. The New York Post would also be considered a publisher here. So if what they did, what they published was wrong, Hunter Biden could technically sue them. So it's kind of difficult to see there is a difference. There is a standard that the publishers have to live by. A platform is not controlled by a company, by the company. Facebook, Twitter, Yelp, YouTube, and any comment sections on any other internet platforms or internet sites are considered platforms. They are not subject to slander laws. And the reason is because people are free to post whatever they want. So let me give you an example of the differences between the two. So, if you're a writer for the New York Times and you call me an asshole, you are subject to slander laws and I can sue you. That's because you work for a publisher that is edited, that reviews by other agents of that company. You have to be able to prove I am an asshole in, in order to avoid those slander laws. This is why Nick Sandman won a crap load of money from CNN and MSNBC and is going after the New York Times and all these companies. Because these companies are publishers. They can't just call Nick Sandman a white supremacist without any kind of proof. Uh, if you don't remember who Nick Sandman is, he's the kid that was at the pro-life rally in Washington, D.C. and some jerk-off with a Indian with a drum was beating in front, of his, in front of his face and all Sandman did was smile. He was called a white supremacist. Basically, this kid's life is ruined. Cancel culture at its best. If you are on Twitter and you call me an asshole, I have no case. Even if you have no proof, 
That's because the platform allows for free discussion, free speech. You can say anything you want. There are certain things they, they have to get away from. For example, you can't threaten violence, anything like that. And they do have some content restrictions, though seeing the amount of porn on Twitter, I'm not exactly sure what their content restrictions are, but they do have some things that they can block. The problem with the terms of use is that they are very vague on what they can block and what they can't. I could post a picture of a puppy that is playing with yarn and that could be construed as violent contact according to their terms of use because it is so broad. Okay, I mean, he's attacked, the puppy's attacking that yarn. I know cats do that, but I, you know what I mean. So it is still, it is still, this is the problem with Twitter. And Twitter typically blocks a lot of far right, a lot, not far right, excuse me, a lot of right wing content, a lot of right wing links. They're doing it now. Now, 99% of the time, they say it was an accident. I mean, they blocked the New York Post. They blocked Kayla McEnany, the speaker for the president. They blocked um, Trump's uh, campaign account, all because someone wanted to send this link out so that people could actually see that link. This might, be, this might not be a big problem, but betting these things... Because their mistakes, again, it's always one-sided. It is always conservative groups. You dead name a traitor, you're suspended. You post an article on how abortion is performed, you're suspended. You are a doctor that says that masks and closing the economy is stupid, you're suspended. The President of the United States has been suspended and has had his content blocked because he's posted. he posted something about children should be going back to school. He was blocked because it was sending out false information uh, about medicine, and he wasn't a qualified medical doctor. Here's the whole thing. They're blocking qualified medical doctors, too. So anything that goes against the narrative, they go against. The Senate, the Department of Justice, and the President have all basically had enough. Though wavering right now, and actually I take it back, they're not wavering right now. The Senate, um, Congress has decided not to go after a subpoena the CEOs of Twitter and Facebook, who are Jack Dorsey and Mark Zuckerberg, respectively, to answer questions about bias towards conservatives. I don't blame them for not wanting to issue the subpoenas, because our Senate knows nothing about the technology, and they usually look stupid. Outside of the younger senators like Ted Cruz and Ben Sass, everyone sounds dumb and nothing would get accomplished anyway. So they've already had these guys subpoenaed a couple of times. Nothing's gotten accomplished. What's really funny about this whole thing is the viewership of the actual article has doubled, according to the uh, New York Post, since Twitter started blocking him. So Jack Dorsey inadvertently actually made the story go viral. In the biggest uh, news, and I need to read a bit more about this, the DOJ has decided to start an investigation of antitrust laws being violated by Google. Uh, This is huge, and Google is going to have a real problem dealing with this. 
I'll get over it. Do you hear? That's my... Uh, we're going to talk about that in a second. That's my deal here. Google deals with the search engine. Uh, Google deals with their search engine. They own YouTube. They own the Android operating system, which is on most phones in the United States. But they're also in bed with China. They have also fired people for having right-wing views on the hiring practices of Google and Title IX. It might be in some trouble much like Microsoft was back in the 90s. Now, I'm a libertarian. I don't like federal government making business decisions for private companies and forcing them to break up. I did not believe this in the 90s when they did it to Microsoft. I thought Microsoft just basically created a great product and everyone wanted it. And that's why uh, they ended up a monopoly. It was only because the free market hadn't caught up with Microsoft. It resulted in other companies trying to create a better product. It turned out the breakup of Microsoft didn't hurt them much. Once, and simply because Bill Gates is really smart, he just kept building on his product. Windows 10, I think, is a great is a great operating system. It has some issues, but uh, considering what Windows 95 was like, if you can remember that, I mean, it, it's turned out to be a great operating system. But Google, which my life is com- completely immersed in, is stepping over the line. First thing I want you to know, I do love Google products. I do. I search everything with the Google search engine. I have a premium YouTube account. This podcast is published on YouTube. This podcast is published in the Google Store. I have an Android phone, and I love it. I subscribe to YouTube instead of YouTube TV instead of cable. I have a Google Chromecast. I have a Google Nest. That's what Google was saying. So I am a Google fan. I'm going to be, keep being a Google fan. I'm not going to start getting rid of my Google products because of it. I can't change a thing or I can't change or a, a thing of what they are do but I can't that doesn't change the fact that I don't think what these folks are doing is good they hate my philosophy so much maybe they should be investigated as far as Twitter and Facebook they're not platforms they're publishers they are now editing tweets they are banning certain tweets they are taking uh, they are taking things in a direction that is left. And they are not allowing anybody to have a conversation about it. I have to worry every time I tweet that I'm not sending a picture, I'm not sending out something that could be banned. I mean, you'd think some of the tweets that I sent out that I've actually gotten edited and nailed on, I was taking pictures of my genitals. It was It's that bad. I think Section 230 needs to exclude Twitter and Facebook. They are no different than the New York Times or the Washington Post. Which, by the way, is no different than the New York Post, except that New York Post tends to be conservative. So I think it's time that we look at the big tech, because when we talk about the manipulation of the presidential election, we're looking at the manipulation of the presidential election through Twitter and to a smaller extent through Facebook because they're not allowing they're not allowing people to I mean even Facebook has has pulled Trump's ads on there saying they were factually untrue which by the way that's another thing that really bothers me they're fact checkers typically all left wing 
groups, Media Matters, groups like that. Snopes is considered one. These are not these are not right wing groups. These are left wing groups. I mean leftist groups. BLM and Antifa area groups. So these are just these these companies are an absolute mess and I truly think that we need to get more in control. If that requires regulation, if that requires that uh, I can sue Twitter because they've suspended my account for no apparent reason, then yes, I think we should be allowed to do that. So this last section, uh, earlier this week, which I think was Monday, um, the Tax Foundation released a taxfoundation.org released a uh, what would happen to certain states with if uh, Joe Biden under Joe Biden's current tax form tax plan and I think we need to go over some of Joe Biden's actual policies even spend just five minutes on it because these policies are absolutely scary this is by uh, uh, Jared Walzak I would suggest you actually go to the um, website and look at the uh, look at the um, tax plans and look at all the numbers for all the different states. Uh, this is what uh, Walzak says: uh, Democratic presidential nominee J- Joe Biden's tax plan would yield combined top marginal state and local rates in excess of sixty percent in three states. California would be sixty-two point six four percent. Hawaii, 60.34%, and New Jersey would be at 60.09%. New York City's tax rate would be 62.03%. Now, this is a scary, scary proposal. Um, Right now, now, uh, calculating top marginal uh, tax rate, how that works is the top rate would be 39.6%. This is under Biden's plan. I think right now it's something like the top rate is, I want to say 28% or 30% under the tax cut. Um, basically, Biden would bring it right back up. So the top rate is 39.6%. But then you have to pay Social Security. That's another 6.2%. You have to pay the Medicare payroll tax. That's going to be 1.45%. Then an additional tax. Well, that doesn't count. That's Hawaii only. And then there's a P's limitation, which is a 1.188% tax. And that will bring you... And then when you go to state and local taxes, that's where you get some of these really bizarre um these really bizarre numbers, these really high numbers. Now, there's something called the salt and salt cap, which is state and local tax cap. Okay, don't forget, President Trump um, actually put a uh, President Trump actually put a cap on how much taxes you can uh, pay or actually declare. Like, for example, if I pay. in state taxes, I can actually get that state tax um, removed from my federal so I can pay $1,300 less on my federal taxes. Trump put that in, screwed California, Californians, especially rich Californians. Poor Californians never got affected by that, by the way. All the crap you hear about uh, Trump is only 
doing things for the rich. That's not true, because Trump screwed the rich in California, New York, New Jersey, Hawaii, because he made it you could not deduct your state tax, state and local taxes from your federal tax fee. So he actually screwed those people. Um, but if you go looking at him, Joe Biden's tax plan, even in even in, you're still looking at 50% taxes for the upper echelon. Now, these are the people they say are about $400,000 or more. It's actually quite less than that. It's, I think it's, I think it's around $200,000. I'd have to look it up. But uh, these numbers are incredible. You're looking at when you even include employer contributions, because Trump also cut the payroll taxes, right? He cut taxes for the businesses. If you add those, most of these states, including Alaska, they're all over 50%. Arkansas is at 59%. California is looking at a 65% tax rate. Now, I don't know about you. For me, this is legal theft. That's all it is. It doesn't change the fact. Just because you vote for it, because you decided to vote for Biden, doesn't change the fact that the government is stealing your money. This is just theft. I, I'm sorry. I, I take home pay and I, I get 35% of my take home pay or 40% of my take home pay. This is not a thing. I'm working my butt off and meanwhile, the government's taking our money. But this is something that is just, Trump is beating on. I don't think he understands it. I think this is something that people really need to look at and say, oh my God, our taxes are going to go up that much? I mean, Biden wants to wipe out all of the tax uh, Trump tax cuts in the middle of a pandemic. What a great idea. So uh, I think tomorrow we're going to talk a little bit about guns because Joe Biden's gun plan is insane. Uh, talk about trying to strip the Second Amendment down. If you haven't bought a gun yet, you better go get one if uh, Biden wins. Or if Biden wins on the third, go out on the fourth and get yourself a gun because he's going to try and take them all. Okay, that's about it. So you can follow me on Twitter at RunninFool, R-U-N-N-I-N-F-E-W-L. You can download or listen to this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Podbean, Podcast Addict, Stitcher, and YouTube. Visit my website at www.dumbassestalkingpolitics.com. I do have the link to that tax plan. I suggest you go take a look at it because it's very interesting. This is Gene, and you've listened to Dumbasses Talking Politics. <laughs>